I'm your host, Aaron Rittmaster. Welcome to the Man Cave, where we're recording Diz Dad's podcast, episode number 14, Spring Special Events in Walt Disney World. This is the last in our three-part special event series. And with me tonight are Eric Anderson, known as DEA on the boards. Hi. Steve Bratton, Bratosa on the boards. Evening, gang. John Thomas, Big Tex 71 on the boards. Howdy. And Matt Birchfield, 10 Dead Fish on the boards. Waka, waka, waka. Well, welcome, gentlemen. Glad to have you here. Um, So tonight we're talking about um, spring special events in Walt Disney World. And I think most of the time when people think about Disney World special events, they kind of think about the ones we've already talked about, the the big uh, fall and winter events. But there's some really uh, interesting special stuff that goes on in Walt Disney World in the spring. So I thought we'd start by talking about the uh, special event in the spring that comes first chronologically, and that's the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival that runs from the beginning of March through mid-May. I don't think we have the exact dates out yet for 2012, but uh, why don't uh, one of you who's been to the Flower and Garden Festival before kind of give us some information about you know, generally what's, what it's all about. Uh, Steve, I, I know you've been before. Yeah, we've gone a few times. Um, originally, when we first started going to Flower Garden Fest, uh, it basically it was just Disney breaking out all the topiaries throughout um, Epcot and World Showcase. Uh, just topiaries galore of all the different characters and and lots of flowers and, and landscape displays. Really beautiful time to go. Since then, they've actually got HGTV to be a sponsor of the uh, festival and with that they're bringing in some of the celebrities from their popular shows and doing more seminars of how can you spruce up your garden and your landscaping at home and bring in some of that that outdoor feeling into your backyard okay interesting um anybody else who's who's been to flower and garden before want to talk about you know kind of what goes on during the the festival I think uh, it's a pretty good overview uh, that Steve gave. It's It really transforms Epcot, I think, with the topiaries. I think going back when Flower and Garden isn't in session makes the whole thing look a little barren. Uh, but uh, one additional thing that, that wasn't mentioned, though, was uh, they set up a butterfly garden in Epcot, which uh, I know my girls really love to walk through unless a butterfly actually lands on them, which, <laughs> at which point they freak out and uh, have to be consoled for a while. But um, it, it is a really nice touch. They, they set up uh, kind of a walkthrough with a lot of flowers and uh, have butterflies that are you know, actually coming out of their chrysalises uh, during uh, during the, the Flower and Garden Festival. So it's, it's kind of a nice... Uh, Nice look at nature, uh, as it uh, sort of as it happens. Okay, so the big picture is that the the grounds at Epcot and really kind of all over the place, the grounds at Epcot are transformed. Um, they really do pull out all the stops. Uh, the topiaries that Disney is famous for are really on display. Lots of new flowers are out. Um, and then there are, there are these other special events. And, and one of the things that's kind of been a, a part of uh, the Flower and Garden Festival for a long time are these gardening seminars that they offer with 
professionals who provide information to people about how to maybe bring some of the kind these kinds of things um, home to them. Any of you have an opportunity to take advantage? I know it's harder when we've got our kids with us, but I think some of you have been, you know, with in adult only trips out for uh, flower and garden. So anybody have a chance to do a, a gardening seminar? No, we've always uh, missed out on those. Um, we usually are either just uh, enjoying the topiaries and, and the, the, the displays or uh, enjoying the attractions. I think my general sense is that uh, even if I knew how to do topiaries like that, I don't think I'd want to because I don't have the time, the energy, or the patience for the maintenance on those things. Yeah, just to give you a, a couple ideas of some of the different types of seminars I have, I'm looking at uh, the 2012 Flower and Garden uh, schedule. Uh, just oh, good. So I, they do have 2012 information out. I, yeah, I, it looks like it's uh, March 7th through May 20th of 2012. And some of the things they've got are, um, you know, most of them are all hosted by uh, HGTV celebrities. Uh, so, you know, Genevieve Gorder's got The Art of Sculpting Space. Uh, Brian Patrick Flynn from Design Happens Show is going to be doing a seminar on mobile gardens. Um, there's a seminar on gardening with kids, fun seed starting projects. So it looks like they kind of open up the seminars more to the entire family, not just just the uh, adult gardeners. That's great. Now, here's the important question, because I know this is the one my wife would ask. Is Vern Yip coming back? Vern Yip will be there May 13th to 15th, doing a seminar on top design trends made affordable and accessible. All right. Well, gee, I may have to be looking at a spring trip after all, because uh, she's a big Vern Yip fan. Yeah, I'm ashamed to, to admit I don't know who Vern Yip is. <laughs> cool name, though. I, I only know who Vern is because when we when we first bought our, our house, um, my wife was watching a lot of uh, whatever the design show was that Vern Yip was on. Because um, he used to do, like, you know, inexpensive redesigns of rooms. And since we'd spent every dime we had on the house, we had to do any decorating we were going to do on the cheap. So, also looking at the schedule here, they also have a uh, what's called a Flower Power Concert Series. You read my mind. Um, it's exactly over, where so, I was headed. There you go. Um, looks like it's at the American Gardens Theater stage three times each on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and included with park admission, if I'm reading it right. Um, looks like next year they've got Davy Jones and Chubby Checker, um, Melissa Manchester, Marilyn McCoo, and Billy Davis Jr. So, it looks like uh, some decent tunes there. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems that the, the Flower Power series that they do tends to be focused on some sort of, uh, you know, sounds from the, the 60s, early 70s. Uh, seems to be common. Um, okay, now, the, the last thing that I wanted to talk about with, with Flower and Garden is the... Um, the involvement of World Showcase um, and the unique exhibits that some of the, uh, you know, the country pavilions in World Showcase do just for the uh, Flower and Garden Show. There are some, some sort of uh, signature um, special exhibits that, that each of the uh, World Showcase pavilions or many of the World Showcase pavilions specifically do. Um, anybody have any experience with those or, or know about them? No, I haven't heard of those. Well, these are really interesting and, and were kind of intriguing to me because I was looking them up. And I understand that um, the Japan Pavilion often does um, a bonsai collection. 
So the you know the really ornate miniature trees, um, and they they really display a lot of, of bonsai around the Japan Japan pavilion. Um, Norway does what they call the Norway Troll Trek, with uh, hidden trolls around the gardens in Norway. Oh, very nice. Um, France Pavilion does what they call the Fragrance Garden, and uh, they are really kind of specializing on you know really sweet smelling flowers. Um, Canada does um, a thing on herbs and vegetables, and then the United Kingdom. Um, has a, a special event that they do in conjunction with the Twinings Tea Company, and uh, they call it the English Tea Garden. Uh, looks hmm. like that one is, a, a, you know, the others are sort of ongoing. The The one in the UK is, uh, it looks like two or three times a day, four o'clock and six o'clock during the weekdays, and then uh, an extra two o'clock um, on the weekend, so two, four, and, and 6.30. But... Um, just a way to kind of bring an international flavor to the uh, the flower and garden show. Oh, it's nice that the different pavilions can um, participate in it. That they they try to bring in that that global culture into it, other than just hey, you're in Disney World and here's World Showcase. Look at some flowers. That that they bring in some of that that culture out for the guests to take a look at. So. Does anybody like? Would anybody like to speak to the the issue of of touring in uh, Epcot during the festival? Does it impact the way that you uh, experience the non flower and garden festival things that are part of the park? Well, I know when we went, the the flower and garden festival brought in a, a larger crowd. It seemed like, but really, it wasn't really attraction based. It was more around. Um, you know, the different seminars or, or the different exhibits of, of topiaries. Uh, I think the only attraction that really saw a, a bigger guest volume would be the land. Okay. So um, the crowd volume was bigger and, you know, it's Epcot, so it handles that better. But, but you didn't really see an impact on wait times on rides, for example. No, not not so much. It's it just seemed like an average wait time ride as as any other May day. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a ten on the crown calendar by any means. But yeah, you know, it, it there was extra people there to walk around to get to where you want to go. Sure. But okay, well let's let's then move on to the next of the uh, spring special events, and that's the the special event that takes place in uh, Hollywood Studios and extends from uh, the end of spring and into su- into the beginning of summer from mid-May to mid-June are Star Wars weekends in Hollywood Studios. And I, I know we've talked a little bit about Star Wars weekends on a previous podcast, but, um, you know, in the context of these, these special events, I, I think that uh, just about every... all. All of my panelists here have been to at least one Star Wars weekend uh, day somewhere along the line. Um, but uh, I think John is our pro. Uh, John, you've done three Star Wars weekends. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Well, we went twice, but it, we did experience three weekends because one time it was uh, two weekends worth. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, the second time that we went, whenever we were there for just one weekend's worth we um i would say that 
we mainly avoided it the second time just because it's great to experience at least once but it is so so crowded there at the Hollywood Studios as long as you're you know able to spend another day outside of the weekend there it's fine to go there and maybe uh you know, get involved with some of the things that go on with the Star Wars weekends, like meeting the, seeing the parades or meeting the people. But um, <clears throat> it it gets really super packed, and it's really crowded, hard to get around. The wait times are long for the weekends, especially for things like the Star Tours and you know the uh, the Jedi. Um, I forget the name of it. The, the training academy. Yeah, the jet. Yeah, training academy. But um, yeah. So the first time that we did it, it was neat to experience and to see it all, take it all in. But um, it, my son's a big Star Wars fan too, so he really got a lot out of it. But even the next year when we went, he he was all for the uh, yeah. We'll, we'll avoid it during <laughs> the weekend when it's so crowded. Now, it seems to me that there are sort of layers to what goes on at Star Wars Weekend. Um, you know, the first layer, and I call it the first because it's the one that people, from what I hear, begin lining up at, like, even four, five, six in the morning um, in order to get passes that would allow them to, uh, you know, meet sort of the Star Wars celebrities that are visiting the park on that particular weekend. Um, am I exaggerating, or is that really happening? I think that happens because when we walked up that first time, we got off of the bus. We thought we were getting there plenty early, an hour before the gates opened. So we figured, you know, we knew it would be a little bit extra crowded. As we were walking up, this line for those just stretched out like over by the bridge. It was going, extending past the bridge, you know, that walk, goes across the water there towards the buses. And we were like, holy cow, you know, we didn't realize at first that was the a separate line, you know, to get your ticket, your passes to see the characters. We thought that was the line to get in. And we were going, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, luckily we found out, you no, know, that wasn't the line to get into the park. But if you wanted to see anybody, you're going to miss out because that line was crazy. Okay, so that's that's the celebrity meet and greets, and that's really probably you know for the hardcore fans who who need a, an autograph from uh, you know well for example our our uh, our guest Diz Dad from the Father's Day show uh, you know Tom Kane who who does the voice of Yoda in Clone Wars um, and people you know line up hours before the park opens to get uh, a pass to to go and get his autograph. Uh, the next layer is, uh, as as I think you were kind of mentioning, there are uh, a lot of extra Star Wars costumed characters in the parks for Star Wars Weekend. Um, now, which can somebody kind of fill us in or catch us up? Which which characters are we talking about? Are we just talking about you know some some people dressed up in in droid outfits? Are we just talking about um, you know, stormtroopers? What what are we looking at? Well, I went yeah. in uh, 2008, um, just walking around in the, the park. Uh, the amount of characters you see uh, in costume was just amazing. I mean, we've seen uh, Jawas, we've seen Stormtroopers, we've seen Bounty Hunters, uh, Gamorrean Guards, we've seen Queen Amidala. I mean, just walking around, you know, posing for pictures with uh, just people in the crowd there. Yeah, and you got to share a story. My wife across the room is going to throw something at me when I share it. We went in 2005, and just for one day, 
and just stormtroopers galore throughout the whole park. And there was two stormtroopers standing by one of the uh, the walkways, just standing there, statue still with blasters at attention. My wife kind of thought they were fake, so she goes up, pushing the stroller with her son in it, put, parks the stroller, goes up to one of the stormtroopers, gets up real close, looks in a visor like, is there somebody in there? And this stormtrooper flinched, and my wife got in a karate chop stance and went, huh! And you can just see <laughs> this guy in this stormtrooper costume just sitting there chuckling, and his helmet's bounce up and down because he's laughing so hard. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, John, you mentioned that there that there are some other characters that are sort of unique to the Star Wars presence uh, at Disney World. Yeah, if I remember correctly, um, there was like Minnie Mouse was, you know, in her dressed up like Princess Leia. And uh, I think Mickey might have been Luke. I don't remember. But, you know, you always see stuff like that in different caricatures and stuff like that in artwork. I don't remember if he was or not. But... Um, I know that there were several main characters that were dressed in Star Wars related outfits and it was really neat. And if you could, you know, the lines are longer to see them, but it's such a unique experience, you know, to get that. You don't get that every day. So that explains why, you know, you go ahead and bear the heat a little bit and stand in the line and get that special photo, you know, of your kid with, right, with, with, a, a with Jedi, dressed up. with Jedi Mickey. Yeah, yeah, that's it, Jedi. Yeah, like Anakin or something. Um, and then, it, so we've got the the autographs. We've got the extra characters laying, you know, going around. And then the next layer, I would say, to Star Wars Weekend is the merchandise. Um, and and I know that there are people who you know devote their entire Star Wars Weekend trip or an entire day at, at Star Wars Weekend to just the special merchandise that gets rolled out for star Wars weekend. Um, did you guys check out, as I understand it, they, they set up, uh, usually a, a special merchandise tent in addition to the, the usual store that has star Wars stuff in it near, near the star tours ride. Yeah. When, uh, when I went in 2008, uh, they actually opened up, uh, one of the, uh, the backstage areas, and uh, it was like a little convention in there, and uh, the whole area was just filled with merchandise. And uh, a lot of it was just available at the park, uh, you know, just during the weekends. So it's an opportunity for real, you know, big fans to, to pick up unique souvenirs, um, unique merchandise, uh, you know, character figures and uh T-shirts that are only you know, special event T-shirts and all kinds of, of things like that. I understand that there's often even, um, you know, memorabilia, um, you know, Star Wars uh, uh, posters and things that aren't available elsewhere at other times. Right. Uh, there's a lot of uh, pins, uh, a lot of Star Wars pins that are uh, put out there uh, either for training or purchase. Uh, I know specifically a lot of... Uh, the picture opportunities you can find backstage. Uh, they had like the bridge of one of the uh, the star destroyers put up on the back wall. You can actually have your picture taken in front of it, and uh, like special edition coffee cups, travel mugs, things like that. 
Okay. Um, and then I would say kind of the, the crowning glory or the, the final layer to Star Wars Weekends, uh, what makes them special, is uh, the special show that they do each evening during Star Wars Weekend. And did any of you stay long enough to, to catch that, uh, that show? Uh, hyperspace something or other. No, I actually did not know that they did something like that. Uh, one night we did catch it. We, uh, You do have to get there a little bit early to get a really good view, but um, we didn't even know about it until like the last minute. We were wondering why everybody was gathering, and we went over, and we did uh, watch, I'd say, 90% of the show, uh, and we left just before it ended. But it, it was really cool. I'm sure, you know, there's YouTube videos out there of it, and it's it's really a good time. So what help us uh, who haven't been there understand it a little bit. What what was the show? Um, they would uh, it would be in front of where they do the Jedi training academy. They would have uh, some stormtroopers come out and um, and Darth Vader. They would do uh, they would do a dance competition. At least the one that I saw was. I'm sure they all are. Yeah. And like a uh, yeah, like a little dance competition. They put on some music and they dance, and it was cool, you know, to see. Uh, I forget which dance it was that Darth Vader did, but you know, the stormtroopers came out, and did their little thing, and he just stood there for a while, and nobody expected him, you know, to start just breaking out and dancing. But uh, it was funny whenever he did, you know, it really gets the crowd going, whooping up. Okay, so uh, all of you have attended at least some Star Wars weekend. Uh, at some point in time, would you all recommend uh, attending a Star Wars weekend as a regular park day, or would you would you recommend instead that it be treated as you know completely separate, almost like uh, you know a separate special event that just happens to be taking place in Hollywood Studios, and you know plan on doing your Hollywood Studios touring on a different day? How how would you characterize it? If you're a big Star Wars fan, I mean, it, you have to make the the pilgrimage at least once, and uh, and go down there and experience it. Uh, I would actually, I would go back in a heartbeat on the weekend. Yeah, I, I agree. If if you're if you're the Star Wars junkie, it's it's definitely worth the trip and the crowds. Yeah, if you're not so much the the Jedi Knight or Padawan, you know pass it, come back on a, on a non-Star Wars weekend or sometime during the weekday. Yeah, Eric, I agree. Okay. I, I was just going to say, uh, I agree. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to get a lot, a lot of rides done that day. So you really got to, if you're going on that weekend, you really got to gear it towards just doing the Star Wars, seeing the Star Wars stuff and uh, playing it that way. Maybe make sure you have an extra day not on the weekend that you could spend in that park because you won't get a lot of done, but it's definitely, definitely worth it at least once. And Eric, what do you think? Well, if you don't care about star Wars at all, you're going to be a little overwhelmed by the, the sheer mass of the fandom there. Um, you might be able to get on your rides. Uh, star tours is going to be right out. Um, but it's an, it's, it's very interesting to see the park during Star Wars weekend just because of just the ubiquity of the characters all around. Um, it, they end up fitting in pretty well, even though you know, Hollywood Studios isn't you know, uh, you know, Hoth, but uh, they still 
managed to to make themselves really a part of the scenery. Okay. Great. Well, guys, thanks very much for sharing your thoughts about Star Wars weekends and about the uh, Flower and Garden uh, Festival. Uh, I want to step back for a minute, and uh, we need to turn to our 10 questions that today will go with our, our veteran podcast uh, participant here, John Thomas. John, I'm surprised we haven't done 10 questions with you before. Yeah, I guess I was lucky enough to avoid that hot seat until now. All right. Well, climb on up. All right, ready to go. You're the next contestant. Um, <laughs> why don't you tell us where you live and what you do for a living? Uh, I live in the suburbs of Fort Worth, Texas, Fort Worth, Dallas, and um, I am a IT administrator by day and a uh, one of the fellow DizDad travel agents by night. And describe your family for us. Uh well, where there's four of us, my wife and I, my son is 11 years old, my daughter is almost five, and we are very laid-back, happy, go-lucky uh, family, and we just love spending time with each other. And what is your favorite off-the-beaten-path location at Walt Disney World? Oh, boy, that's a good one. Um I wish I had a little time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Actually, one of the places that I really like, uh, and you can get good views of the castle, is in Magic Kingdom there at the, uh, I think it's called the Rose Garden. Um, hmm. I forget. <laughs> it's down, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with where it is, over kind of by the uh, Tomorrowland Terrace area. Right, right. And it's like a little covered area that you can go to. And it's really nice. And not a lot of people go down there. I don't know if people just don't realize you can or they're just so busy trying to ride rides. Well, you know, with the the terrace seems to always be closed. And uh, so I I think that uh, people just don't realize you can go down there sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's, That's probably it. So what is your least favorite place at Walt Disney World? Mm. Wow, that's that's a tough one. Uh I don't know. I, I would be I would be anywhere at Walt Disney World rather than being at home, so <laughs> I don't know if I have a least favorite. <laughs> okay. Um who is your favorite animated Disney character? Oh, Goofy. Uh, yeah, that's an easy one. Goofy's always been one of my favorites. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, One of the greatest sounds in the world to me is the sounds of my kids laughing. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, I know a lot of other guys have said this, but I have to agree. Um, the, The parents yelling at children at Disney World. What career, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Um, whew. I don't know if I'm qualified or not, but uh, I would like to be a, a director or cinematographer for uh, movies. Okay, great. Uh, what job would you not like to do? 
job I wouldn't like to do. Hmm. Uh, are these supposed to be related to Disney? No, no. No? Okay. Nope. Just um, what job in the world could you not imagine ever doing? Uh, being a paratrooper. I, had, I don't want to jump out of airplanes. Okay. I really respect those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Was it you know, the problem with, with uh, jumping out or uh, with going parachuting is you know, why would anybody jump out of a perfectly good plane? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the last one, number 10, if you could be a Disney cast member for one year and one year only, what job would you like to do as a cast member? Well, I don't know if it's considered a cast member, but I would say CEO. That would be a lot of fun. You have a lot of say in what goes on. <laughs> All right. Well, you have survived your 10 questions. Thank you, John. You can uh, step off the hot seat. Thank you. That was a lot harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always different when you're on the, on the hot spot. Okay. Um, I did want to talk, you know, we've talked about the specifics of the festivals and all of that. One of the things about uh, touring in Walt Disney World, and I think people, you know, sometimes don't, don't realize this, but that that time period from sort of the the middle of March through the really the end of April um, can be one of the busiest times in Walt Disney World for the entire year. Um, and since all of you have traveled at Walt Disney World during that time frame, I thought we might talk a little bit about some um, strategies for dealing with those crowds. Because realistically, there are, there are people who, you know, they need to travel while their kids are not in school. Um, although we're comfortable taking our kids out of school at this point, you know, older kids, sometimes that's a problem with her. If a, a kid is, is, you know, having a little bit of difficulty, it's not a good time to pull them out. So you need to go during a school break. Some people, spring break is the time to do it. So um, anybody have a, a tip or suggestion for dealing with uh, traveling in Walt Disney World during uh, that peak, peak spring break time? I usually try and look for the uh, the evening extra magic hours. Uh, whichever park is having those is not the park you want to go to uh, during the day, but the day after, it's usually the the crowds are a lot lighter. So it's the, the time to go in, you know, first thing in the morning and knock out a bunch of rides. Okay, good tip, Matt. Steve, how about you? Any tips for traveling during those busy seasons? You know, it's kind of funny. I, I always hear always avoid extra magic hours, but we always tend to use them. Um, you know, maybe we're just funny that way and we like to people watch, but we always enjoy going extra magic hours, being at the park as late as we can. Um, not so much the early because we like to sleep in a little, but um, I guess the only other tip I can say is from what we found is always take the line to the left. If there's two different lines, usually it goes a lot quicker. Okay. Now, I, I think one thing that's worth you know mentioning here is, in the springtime, then you know going to those late extra magic hours can pay off because you can be better you, you can be better off uh, touring you know after sundown, after the heat of the day has passed, um, you can get more done and and not be worn out in the way you might be traveling or touring between like you know two and five during the hottest part of the day. Yeah, uh, the, only, the only problem I, that we've had with touring late at night and closing the parks down is, shamelessly, we've never been to Rope Drop. 
at Magic Kingdom. So that's next on the list. We made Rope Drop at Epcot last year, so this year it's Magic Kingdom. Now, good luck. We we definitely don't miss a Rope Drop at Magic Kingdom. We love it. Um, John, how about you? Um, I would say one of the big things also in the summer, we go in the summer a lot, is, um, you know, get up early. Do rope drop. Get there before rope drop. Get Use touringplans.com for some tours, and you can knock out so many rides so quick. And definitely take the break in the afternoon. Go take a nap or get cooled off. Take a cool shower just before you go back in the evening. You're all cool and refreshed, ready to go, and you're ready to, if you want to do extra hour, extra magic hours late, then you're all ready to go. You're refreshed and feel good, and you've got a lot of energy that you can use with it. And how about you, Eric? You have a, a tip or a trick for uh, touring in the, the busy spring season? The only real thing that I've tried to do that, that differs from what other folks have said is to try to use transportation that's not like the main mode of transportation to get somewhere. Like if you're... Um, at a monorail resort, instead of taking the monorail to the Magic Kingdom, uh, try one of the launches from the Polynesian or Grand Floridian to get over to the park, or take the ferry from the TTC instead of the monorail. Um, those can be less crowded than the monorail or, or even the buses at times, and um, can get you there faster than the monorail, especially if there's a line you know, all the way down uh, the monorail platform, just trying to get people on. And uh, the one the one tip I would add is, uh, like John said, use touringplans.com. And in addition to using the touring plans that they've developed, uh, I highly recommend using their app, um, the Lines app. It gives you real-time information while you're in the parks and, uh, you know, much more accurate in terms of what the real wait times are for attractions than what is posted at the attractions by Disney. Um, big fan of the Lines app. And of course, if you're going to sign up for touringplans.com, you can do so through the link on the disdads.com webpage. Uh, we get a little kickback from that, helps us uh, maintain the site, and we'd appreciate it if you signed up if you did it through us. But that's not the reason we're recommending it. We don't have any ownership interest in it or anything like that. We just really like it. It works. And uh, we've all experienced the positive results of using the Lines app. Okay, well, I want to close the show out with a uh, trip preview. Um, Eric Anderson has a couple of trips coming up here in the uh, fall winter as we shift away from our discussion of the spring and uh, these trips are a little bit different than some of the ones we've talked about because he has two adult weekend getaway trips coming up uh, one in november and one in december so uh, eric why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about these trips sure i'd be happy to i'll talk about the one that we planned first first uh, and that's the one in December. Uh, we are going down for uh, the Dizapalooza that the Diz Unplugged podcast runs every year. They switch back and forth between doing something in the parks and doing a cruise. This year they're doing something in the parks. And 
uh, they're actually renting out the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I'm so jealous. I was really hoping to be able... I actually looked into and priced out taking a trip, uh, just my daughter and I, because she's the huge Harry Potter fan in our family, and uh, looked into doing it. And and I just, you know, with this trip in September, couldn't justify going back again in December. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Tell us about (laughs) your December trip. That's okay. This this was... uh... Uh, it's a little late for our anniversary, but um, we wanted to obviously see Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Our girls are a little too young to be in it. We just gave our almost seven-year-old daughter uh, the first Harry Potter book, but she hasn't really gotten into it yet. Um, but this would give us a chance to check it out, beat the insane crowds, because it'll be just you know the people who are attending the party. And... Uh, figured it would be our best chance to to see it try it out um see how we liked it and of course we're also going to take in as much uh disney as we possibly can while we're down there um my wife has wanted to stay at the grand floridian for a while so we're going to be staying there um we were originally going to to stay concierge just because hey why not spend all the money (laughs) but uh as it turns out, we uh, they came out with uh, a, a good annual pass rate uh, for not the concierge level, but just the Magic Kingdom view room, and uh, so we we dropped back to that and uh, you know saved some of the money, and uh, we've also you know in order to offset that savings, we're um, we're booked into Victorian Alberts, uh, the the Queen Victoria room. Uh, Very nice to, to finally try that out. Uh, we couldn't get the chef's table, but uh, figured we'd do the next best thing, I guess, which is uh, the Queen Victoria room. Uh, we'll be looking forward to the dining review on DizDads.com. Hint, 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 hint. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be very good. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, as our our year went along, and uh, we got uh, a little something from Disney. Uh, regarding the food and wine festival and my wife got it to his home opened it up started reading it and said to me you know it'd be really nice to go back to food and wine again and before she finished saying it i said okay let's go <laughs> and uh so it was, it was kind of a last minute thing uh you know november being last minute shows you how much of a disney planner uh, fixation we have and um so we uh, found, I think, the only room left in the Epcot area for uh, for the weekend that we were able to get down there, um, which is over at uh, Boardwalk Villas, actually. So they had a, uh, a one-bedroom villa, and so we'll be staying there for, uh, for the weekend. And uh, what's nice about that, if people who are listening don't, don't know the area, is that it's a very easy walk into Epcot World Showcase from there. Uh, from any of the boardwalk area resorts. Uh, so, you know, you, you can walk over to Epcot, enjoy the Food and Wine Festival, uh, eat, drink, be merry, and then it's a very quick walk back to your hotel at you know, the end of the evening uh, or whenever you get too full to walk anymore. <laughs> just have to find your way back to the hotel anyway. Um, and that, that trip will be a little closer to our anniversary. So, um we're kind of doubling up our anniversary trips, but 
it's uh, uh should be it should be another good trip we, we went down for food and wine for our anniversary last year and and really enjoyed it so uh, being able to go back this year is is a nice treat and uh, again the the december trip i i am really really excited for the to see the wizarding world of harry potter and to be able to to check it out well, that's both sound great. And at this pace, you're going to catch up with Dave. <laughs> I am trying hard. He's he's my uh, he's my role model. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing about those trips, Eric. Uh, I think we we've heard uh, already. You know, my standard questions: What are you most looking forward to? I think you told us. Um, is there well, anything but, that in particular that you're looking forward to that you haven't had a chance to share? Uh, anything in particular special for the food and wine trip? Not really. I think um, I think checking out the uh, sort of the DVC property at, at Boardwalk will be nice. Sure. Um, I I really like that resort, and uh, that should be nice to check out. And oh, I'll a signature restaurant we haven't done yet, so we're going to to check that off the list. Um, and hopefully it'll be it'll live up to expectations. Uh, now, which which signature is that? The Artist Point. Oh, Artist Point. Over at uh, Wilderness Lodge. Yeah, I've heard great things. Me well, too. We just haven't gotten to it yet. So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Eric, Steve, John, Matt, thanks so much. Uh, you know, we'd love to hear from all of you who listen, too. Uh, you can email us with your comments at podcast at disdads.com. You can visit our website at disdads.com. Tweet us at Dizdads Podcast on Twitter, or participate in the ongoing discussions in the Dizdads subforum of the Disney for Families forum on the Dizboards.com. Until next time, this is Aaron Ritmaster. Thanks for listening. This has been a Wizard of Haas production. <laughs> <laughs>